coming up in this episode. The most uh, difficult challenges we are faced is the 360-degree view. NATO's Deputy Supreme Allied Commander Transformation, Admiral Manfred Nielsen. The overall a, uh, impression nowadays is the world is in trouble and we can't precisely predict what will happen. And that's why we prepare NATO for a 360-degree de- view. An in-depth view of security challenges facing the world and what NATO is planning to do about it. Coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by TrueCar. There's something about TrueCar a lot of people don't know. Using TrueCar can also help you buy a used car. In fact, there are more than 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from TrueCar certified dealers nationwide. Whether you're looking to buy new or used, you can get upfront pricing information that empowers, discounts off the list price for used cars, and a better buying experience through the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar, via the TrueCar pricing curve, will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. Now you'll know what a fair price is and feel confident. Once you register, you'll see a real price on actual inventory. This is competitive pricing offered to you only by a TrueCar certified dealer for an actual vehicle on their lot. There are more than 13,000 TrueCar certified dealers nationwide, and more than 3 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. From WTOP. In Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Very graphic situation. San Bernardino. An act of terrorism. Paris. An attack on all of humanity. The Islamic State. I'm back, Obama. They want you to imagine them in the shadows. Hostile nation states. Can inflict mortal damage to the United States. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, We investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Change is necessary for the survival of every individual, culture, nation, and organization. Technology undoubtedly has created both positive avenues for that change and nefarious consequences as well. The increasing speed of world events, driven by technological advances in communications, has ushered in an era of unprecedented economic competition, political instability, security concerns, population migration, and human transformation. Events that took long periods of time to manifest in the past can happen in mere seconds now, possibly triggering disastrous outcomes. That's a part of why NATO exists. NATO is there to provide security for its members through political and military means. And we sat down to talk with a key NATO figure about that, Admiral Manfred Nielsen, Deputy Supreme Allied Commander Transformation at the North Atlantic Treaty Organization base here in the United States. The most significant challenges of NATO are that we are out of Cold War and now we are facing different threats 
from all areas, we are talking about the 360 degrees view. And we intend to support nations to get rid of these challenges. Admiral, in your opinion, what do you see as the most significant challenge for NATO in 2016? The most significant challenges of NATO are that we are out of Cold War. And now we are facing different threats from all areas. We are talking about the 360 degrees view. And we intend to support nations to get rid of these challenges. So when you say the 360-degree view as a challenge, you're talking about international threats from all around the world that NATO has to face that are happening at the same time. Is that correct? And how are you dealing with that? Yes, the most uh, difficult challenges we are faced is the 360-degree view. It's, it's unpredictable where of across the world challenges can um, occur. We invest in building stronger partners and we help to build partners' awareness about what's going on around them and the types of threats that exist in their region. This helps our partners to respond more rapidly to threats and better control their own security and prevent the spread of security challenges across the nations. Are any of NATO's partners facing more serious threats than others or can you actually read it out that way? Is some country in more danger than others? I think it's not uh, predictable which uh, partners are faced more or less. What I can tell you is that we are prepared to face all these risks around the world by supporting our partners to build up awareness and to support them in training and exercises. When looking at NATO's reach and its activities worldwide, the U.S. is a big part of all of that. And one of the most interesting elements to me is that not a lot of people know there's a NATO base here in the U.S. Yes, I think, first of all, it is important to have a headquarters in the United States. This is a link across the Atlantic, and that helps to connect the United States much closer to NATO than with one only headquarters as we have it in Europe at uh, Brussels. And the base you're referring to is the Allied Command Transformation, which is located in Norfolk, Virginia, and it's one of two strategic commands. So what does this base focus on? Yes, we are dealing with the future. We are not responsible for operations, but we prepare NATO to uh, handle the, even in the future, uh, there are three uh, main tasks. That means collective defense, that means uh, crisis management and a, um, exercises to uh, prepare the forces to handle all operations worldwide. So tell us a little bit about what the crisis management piece of that is. Yes, crisis management was very important during the last decade. For instance, in Afghanistan, for, hence, for instance, in dealing with the uh, terroristic attacks in the Mediterranean, And uh, nowadays, the uh, overall situation changed a little bit. And you've been here at the NATO Allied Command Transformation Base here in Norfolk for a little less than a year. What are your main main duties? Yes, I took office six months ago, and in between we are dealing with several different uh, options. Once again, we must always maintain a 360 degree when assessing potential threats 
to NATO alliance. And that's what we are dealing with in the United States. We are building partnerships, not only with the, uh, some partners in Europe, but especially around the world. At the moment, we have special programs with non-NATO partners like Finland or Sweden, or even with uh, Jordan or Georgia, in which we are, in, in which uh, in this country will uh, happen a huge exercise. One of the main topics at the 2016 Concept Development and Experimentation Conference in Sofia, Bulgaria, is hybrid warfare. What exactly is hybrid warfare? Yes, hybrid warfare is a, a new term. It it's includes not only the conventional a, um, uh, warfare, but additionally, we are uh, talking about strategic communication. We are dealing with resilience. We are talking um, about how to uh, face different changes in the security worldwide. Earlier this summer, the European Union and NATO uh, during the Warsaw Summit decided that it was going to work more closely together. Give us a sense of how that's going to work. So NATO and the EU decided on the Warsaw Summit to work much more closer together than we did in the past. And uh, we should uh, keep in mind that um, most of the EU nations are also part of the NATO alliance. The Concept Development and Evaluation Conference is designed to enhance the NATO alliance collectively. We work together to create innovative new capabilities and the sharing of information with the EU so that it ensures we are using industrial means to ensure our edge. Another key topic discussed at the 2016 CD&E conference is cybersecurity. And I'm assuming that that is a really big challenge. Give us uh, some understanding of how big it is. I think there is no biggest a challenge because cyber, from my perspective, is affecting not only the military, but perhaps much more the civilian part. And in so far, it's necessary to work very close together to, uh, to protect our IT equipment, to protect our forces, and even to protect our infrastructure. Admiral, tell us a little bit about the challenges that the Baltic countries are facing at this point. Yes, of course. Uh, as German, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm from Germany and I'm a little bit familiar with the Baltic uh, Sea uh, region. NATO has taken uh, steps, d uh, different steps to increase our posture in the region and to show solidarity and to re resolve to protect Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania and Poland. There have been numerous exercises in the region, from the cyber exercise to the upcoming exercise in the Baltic region, that will include our partners as we improve our readiness. Our most recent exercises in that area were with Sweden and Finland, non-NATO partners. How do you determine which exercises to have and where and when to have them? Is it based on a schedule or is it based on need? It's both, based on the schedule and as need. As I explained, we are facing a 360 degrees challenge all over the world and the Baltic part, which was 
for in the past in the focus because during the Cold War is as important as in the past. And so far, we increase our efforts to uh, uh, deliver a, a credible uh, uh, protection of these areas. A lot of the topics that we're talking about today and, of course, the developments with the EU and some other developments all happened during the course of the Warsaw Summit during the summer. So um, put into context for us just how important, just how big for the future uh, the, the, the Warsaw Summit was. Yes, the Warsaw Summit was a real important uh, summit. Uh, I think the nations demonstrates significantly that they are willing to protect their territories together. Uh, they focused the challenge on the a closer EU-NATO cooperation. We are facing the uh, cyber security and cyber threat, and in so far there are lots. There's uh, they, they made lots of uh, decisions which we uh, try to get rid of. The future of NATO. What do you think the future is of NATO? What should it be? How should it be approached in terms of determining the size, the mission, and the capabilities? So NATO is one of the most successful organizations around the world. It was founded it, uh, with the Washington Treaty signed in 1949, and that was the birthday of the alliance. The foundation is a Article 5, an attack against one of the allies is an attack against all, and that's what NATO unifies. ACT, Allied Tro uh, Command Transformation, was founded as uh, Supreme Allied Command Atlantic in 1952, and they started the uh, transatlantic links. Thirteen years ago, we reformed or transferred the uh, Supreme Allied Command Atlantic into Supreme Allied Command Transformation. And we celebrated in June our 13th anniversary. In 2016, how has the world, as through NATO's eyes, from Europe, in your opinion, how has it changed since you first became involved with the military? How has the world changed? The world changed in 2016 permanently. Some years ago, we believe Afghanistan, the uh, uh, operations will be finished uh, at, uh, in, in due time, and, the, and we will had, uh, have a, some spare time to train our forces. But in between, we have to accept that in the southern flank of NATO, that the terroristic attacks occurred that the aggression of Russia against Ukraine occurred. So the overall a, uh, impression nowadays is the world is in trouble and we can't precisely predict what will happen. And that's why we prepare NATO for a 360-degree de view. We must be prepared wherever worldwide an incident happened that NATO can respond as unity. One follow-up, if I might ask, um, you referred to Russia in your statement. Um, Russia has indeed uh, engaged in some aggressive behavior in Georgia and Ukraine and other places. And uh, your 360-degree view, I completely understand what you mean about that. Give me your view on 
the near future and NATO and how it engages Russia? The uh, talks to Russia were not interrupted during the last decade, especially the uh, NATO-Russia talks will be fin- uh, will be um, uh, again a, uh, started in December. The um, alliance goal is to have a frequent and steady communication in Russia, even in challenging in challenging uh, times. We desire a stable and cooperative region and a cooperative arrangement with all countries in Europe. Our ongoing dialogue with Russia demonstrates this. We want to rapidly respond to anything that threatens the stability of NATO's alliance, and we are constantly monitoring the security environment of things like this. NATO and the West have gone to great lengths to try to engage with Russia, to try to smooth the problems with Russia, to try to make the situation with Russia palatable for all involved. But Russia has other ideas, and coming up on our next episode, David Kilcullen, renowned military expert, gives us an idea what they're up to. I go back to February of 1993, when Jim Woolsey, who was President Clinton's CIA director, was doing his uh, testimony for his confirmation hearing in front of the Senate. And he was asked, how do you see the post-Cold War environment? This is about 18 months after the fall of the Soviet Union. And Woolsey said, we have slain a large dragon, talking about the Soviet Union, but now we find ourselves in a jungle filled with a bewildering variety of poisonous snakes. And in many ways, the dragon was easier to keep track of. Kilcullen connects the dots and paints a startling picture that reveals one message. Russia is really not the friend of the U.S. or the West. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Clark Howard here. I have a lot of empowerment for you and your wallet available on my podcast that's available at Podcast One, iTunes, or at Clark.com. I want you to save money big time. That's my job. That's my promise.